Welcome to Snack Circle. I'm Jordan. And I'm Marin. Grab yourself a snack and let's hang out. Grab your little snacks. Jordan, do you have any snacks today? What's what's your snack? Okay, this is kind of crazy, but yesterday... Well, I guess not yesterday when you're listening, but this week I had a professional development day, but we didn't have to actually go anywhere. So we kind of got to work from home and me and one of the other kinder teachers didn't want to betray our one team member who like doesn't go to the PD. So we were like, let's go have lunch with her. Like, we'll just bring her lunch at school since we were just working from home Mm -hmm. and she wanted Dairy Queen and I haven't had Dairy Queen food probably since I was like a child yeah and I had like little chicken fingers and then like their ranch and gravy and it was so good that I literally got that as a snack after school today like I went back and got the exact same thing and it was really good like I was like this is a good snack like I love yummy ranch and so I do feel like Dairy Queen gets slept on maybe or maybe I was just sleeping on it but I also like- sleep on DQ. I feel like some people like are ride or die for the blizzards. I personally don't yeah. really care about a blizzard that you can like tip upside down. Just like not really. No, too don't really care too too much about that. Um, but Nick always wants like the steak fingers or <laughs> that sounds so like the stick fries or steak fries. Yeah, I saw that on the menu and I was like, I'd probably like that too. Like I haven't. I almost thought you were gonna years. get that. I no, I haven't. Yeah. I just didn't even know about them. Like, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, we're kind of Whataburger people. Dairy Queen doesn't even cross my mind. But yeah, so that was my snack. My after school snack was Dairy Queen chicken fingers and ranch. And it was so good. Okay. I ate it while I was driving home. I ate the whole thing. So that was my little snack. And Again, I have to say, this is the best season of Survivor in years. So if you're not watching, you should watch. Marin and I are going to recap the whole season when it's over. Um, two episodes behind, but you can say anything you want. No, I'm one episode behind. So I'm, and I'm not going to spoil anything because I did spoil something for you in the past. <laughs> but so no I'm saying nothing. <laughs> but when the, when the whole season's over, we will recap it just to let everyone know. And then finally, on Peacock, um Pete Davidson's autobiographical show like semi-autobiographical show Bub Kiss came out last week on Friday and it is so funny um I mean obviously I'm in love with this man but it's also like surprisingly touching and the first episode I was like maybe this is gonna be a little raunchy for me because, you know, he's like a comedian. He's kind of like unhinged. But the second mm-hmm. episode was all about like his, him as a child. Like Pete, I don't even think Pete Davidson was in the second episode because it was him as a little kid. And, you know, like his dad, like was a firefighter in 9-11. Wait, is it like an acting portrayal of him or is it like home videos? No, it's him. He's like, it's acting. So it's like him kind of acting out parts of his life. And then parts of it are like hyper realized. But this episode is like an actual like story from his life. But, you know, it's just actors playing it. Like a little. And the cast is amazing. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's this wedding that happened like two weeks after 9-11 and like his dad died in 9-11. He like, he was a firefighter in 9-11. And so it's like this wedding that they actually went to. And at the end, it's like a slideshow of like real pictures of him at this wedding. And it's, it was, I was crying at the end. I was like, this is like a beautiful piece of television. Like I Aww. think this show there's like an award of some kind, like an Emmy. So anyways, I would really recommend that. And yeah, that was my one show recommendation and survivor always, but can't say anything about that. Yeah. Okay. I also have been keeping a secret from all of you because I'm a little ashamed of it. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's my guilty pleasure. And I am a little bit hooked and that is farmer wants a wife. Um, this was an, (gasps) (laughs) it is an Australian dating show originated from Australia where just like four farmers who live you know in the outback live in just more rural areas who like they get on the dating apps and like no one is to be seen from a hundred mile radius they get Mm. on this reality dating show where they it's like they all get a little app like a little tinder app where the girls get the app and the guys get the app but the only people on it are like the people involved in the show and you like mutually match with one of the guys so the girls pick the guys and the guys pick the girls and that's like four it's like four different no one dates each other it's not like love island Mm -hmm. it's like farmer ryan has like his girls farmer landon has his girls farmer hunter has his girls you know so on and so forth cute and they go back to their ranches and they live at the ranch with them or the farms with them and they like date for like six weeks and they send people home and they get to like go on fun little adventures once a week where they like all go to like a rodeo like in Florida or like a barn dance like and because they're all from different states they're like they have a farm in Georgia one has a farm in Oklahoma one's like a Tennessee farmer and so they all like meet up once a week How to have like funny. big group dates. yeah and it's what's it on so I'm watching it on who it's on Hulu I'm watching it on YouTube TV because it like is live now on Fox but like oh. I'm watching it just like live on Fox on what well, with YouTube TV and but I've seen it on Hulu um and so it started in Australia and now they have like them all throughout the world and I think this season is the first season in America or maybe the second it's like new to America so it's not I mean I've tried to find the reddit feeds about it no one's really redditing it maybe we should start a farmer once a wife podcast because like your whole family are farmers I think you would like it it's a little boring you know there's not as much drama as the bachelor yeah but they really do have like love stories like you can tell like they actually are talking these guys are kind of shy I wish they were more talkative but I have hope for it I feel like next season could be better but now we're to like hometown so it's like six weeks and now they're at their hometowns and they like flew out and they're like they narrowed it down to two girls so each guy has two girls that they go to like their hometowns with and I don't know if this ends in How a proposal, funny. but it's very famous in Australia. And now it's, I guess, like a nation this... or a global thing. But yeah, it's kind of new to America or the state. Oh my gosh. So we're okay. at hometown. That's so fun. <laughs> I am not. Sorry I kept this from you guys, but 
no now we all need to watch me and nick watch (laughs) together oh my god but wednesday nights have been busy because farmer wants a wife comes on and survivor comes on so yeah that's a lot nights are really busy for me (laughs) i have two reality tv shows to keep up with you guys and now it's summer so busy busy girl (laughs) um i want to tell you about a movie i watched last night Nick was supposed to watch it with me, but uh, he did fall asleep. So uh, I watched it by myself. (laughs) And I watched Jesus Revolution. Have you heard of this movie? Well, a little fun fact about that movie. The protagonist is played by Joel Courtney, who's the main actor in Super 8. Like who was like my Okay, I recognize her. Yes, I recognize him. her. I was him. like, what has she done? Oh, him. No, it's the guy. Okay, what did the girl do? Because she looks so familiar. Okay, when he did know. have the sideburns and it was like the 70s, I was like, because <laughs> he probably No, like, like, I don't I don't know if he's cute now. Like I literally don't know, but when I cute. I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the like main character from Super 8, who I loved as a small child. Oh, Joel Courtney. Anna yeah, Grace Barlow was the girl. She played Kathy Laurie, Greg Laurie's wife. Anyway, but had you like have you heard of like Chuck Smith and like Greg Laurie and Lonnie Frisbee? Have you heard of those like spiritual leaders or like pastors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the church I grew up to grew up in is a Calvary church. And my pastor Skip Heitzig him and his wife were like saved in Costa Mesa. Like they were not following Jesus at all. And like, we're at Pirate's Cove, like the whole thing, like just a part of this. And then my mom's best friend, um, she's an author. She also was like there and was saved during that time. And so it felt really special to like watch this movie of like, wow, like this church that I have spent so much of my time in and like grew so much and like learned so much, like came from everything that happened there. Like, I don't know if like Skip would be the pastor he is today if like he didn't have that leadership of Chuck Smith and like that whole movement. And it was so good. I'm always very nervous about Christian movies because they always are so cheesy because I think it's so hard to deal with such like, I don't know, your faith and like, your spiritual walk with Jesus is so sacred and it it feels so cheesy when people are trying to capture it in a movie like it always just feels wrong because it's not really something you can like put into words I I, yeah and like put in a movie and like make it like a bestseller you know and like the budget is always off (laughs) yeah like the the level of talent sometimes it's like oh yeah (laughs) but this movie was so good like it was so much better than I ever thought it would be and I feel like it just told the story so well and like it really it showed a good balance also of like yes these people are like pastors and they're leaders in churches but they're still human and they still make mistakes and like but God still uses them even though they aren't perfect. And I feel like in the church, like we can be very like, oh, he's just prideful. He like needs to be out of here. It's like, we're just not perfect. Like, yeah, we're all people. Yeah. And there was one scene where like one of the like leaders of that Jesus movement kind of becomes like very full of himself and like kind of thinks like everything's really about him. 
And then later it shows him just like very mournful of like the fact that he even thought that and like going back to Jesus and being like, I'm really sorry. So I just thought it was, it was done really well. And I thought it was really, I heard really good things. Like I really want to see it. Cause I do feel like they have like good, like solid cast and Mm -hmm. like, it seemed like people really liked it. And that is such like a captivating story. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because they said it was probably the biggest spiritual awakening the United States has ever seen. And I yeah, did not so know cool. that. And yeah, it was cool to see. And also wasn't that long ago. Like yeah. we're like our generation is still feeling like the ripple effects of that. Like people like Billy Graham and like all right. like Chuck Smith and like I mean obviously like my pastor was a pastor because of that movement and that's so, so crazy. That was really interesting to see. But so yeah, that's what I watched. Still trying to read my books I talked about last week. My book club picked a new book. We're gonna read Firefly Lane. Oh, that's read that. Uh uh, I haven't, but I know that's like a yeah, it's a show on Netflix. Show Mm -hmm. no, it's a Netflix show, and I think they live like in the Seattle area. So I think that'll be cute. I love reading about Seattle. Like, where'd you go, Bernadette? Like, I love all the Seattle-based novels. I love that. So that's us. That's our our little update. This week, we're going to be jumping into... Do we want to talk about prayer or do we want to, like, talk about general faith stuff? I guess we can talk about prayer. The faith one can be a different topic okay okay this week we're diving into our prayer life so we're going to be talking about yeah just prayer like what it means to us how it has changed as we've gotten older ways that we make time for it and space for it and just the ways that we've seen it transform our lives I feel like the older I get the more I kind of understand and have started really leaning into prayer as being kind of like, kind of constant, like, you know, that's biblical, like pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm like constantly praying, but I do feel like I pray a lot. (laughs) And like, I, like, I have kind of a stressful job. So a lot of times I'm like, please give me patience. Like, I honestly am like people that don't pray or like have like don't have um like a higher power that they believe in I'm like I don't know how y'all do it because I really sometimes I'm like please please give me patience because there are 17 children screaming right now and I and cannot lose it in this moment so I feel like I um I do a lot of that but then also I'm a creature of habit so I have like little routines that I try to make like seasonally or yearly, like every school year, I make time where I pray specifically. So in the mornings, like I'll pass out their, the placemats because the kids eat breakfast every morning. So as I pass out like their placemats, I'll like pray for them every day. So that's like just a habit that I'm into. And then like, it starts off the day in a good, good spot. Yeah. And then Yeah, I feel like that's a big thing. It's like finding rhythms, like Mm -hmm. things that you can kind of commit to and then it becomes really natural. Um, Like, you know, 
I pray every night and I feel like I've done that since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you? Like, how do you feel like you're where you're at now with like your prayer life? Yeah, I feel like there was a time where I journaled like all of my prayers, like every night mm-hmm. I would just journal everything. And that's kind of how I prayed and like process things because I just am more of a writer. I like to get things on paper and it's really cool because I can go back and like see how prayers have been answered, whether it's been no or a yes, or like just seeing how like God has used those prayers and like how my relationship with him has been built on that. And recently, um, just like as women, like as friends, we have like this group chat and we all like share prayer requests all the time. And that's been really cool to see how that's affected people and how that's encouraged people to know people are praying for them. And I'm someone who I've always just like been prayerful, just kind of like for my own things. And I've always been hesitant to like share prayer requests because I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to make it about me or like, I don't want to seem like I'm kind of just like gossiping through a prayer request. You know how it can be like, pray for my aunt, you know, and it kind of becomes like, oh, okay, you just wanted to tell us some tea. But I feel as if like there's been really great boundaries established within the prayer group that we have where it's like this isn't shared with anyone, Um you know, like don't bring it up to them like in person or like in a group of people more so. Like if you're in a group of people, don't just like bring up something that they had shared in a prayer request, like, cause that could like kind of disrespect them or- Yeah, put them in a weird place. Yeah, and I think it's really cool to have that structure and those parameters when you do have a prayer group that you are in. Um because it just makes sure everyone feels like their request is really just about prayer and it's not about gossip at all. And so that's been really cool in this season of life to have that. And there have been times where I felt hesitant to share prayer requests because oftentimes it's not about me. Like it's about people in my life that I want to pray for. And I feel like I'm revealing too much about them. But because we do have like those boundaries that feel really safe, I, you know, just kind of opened up and it's been really cool to see prayer answered when I do like offer up that prayer request and like have other people pray for it too. And I know God's like going to do what he's going to do. And it's not like that prayer request is magically answered just because I asked someone else to pray. And I think we... I think really we pray together as believers to like share that burden with each other, like to know that people aren't alone and to also, I think really bring the glory of that answered prayer back to God. Like I recently had shared a prayer request and it was something that I was like super anxious about and I did not want to share it because I felt like it was a little too personal and I was scared, but I did. And like the next day I like saw the Lord like answer that prayer and I was just like that is literally crazy and I feel like in that moment God was kind of showing me like now that you like kind of like I don't know how to put it I don't want to like Jesus juke this but (laughs) like the fact I feel like he showed me that he's good and like he was gonna like 
do what he was going to do. And like, I just was able to look at him and be like, wow, like that's an answer to prayer. And like, it's not about, Mm -hmm. I didn't do that in like my own will. And I didn't like force that situation. I just like offered that up and we prayed together. And the next day we saw that happen and it was like, wow, God, like you do care for us. And like, you do take care of the things that matter to us. And yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it really, it does because I think there is a like level of vulnerability when you pray with people like and it is I don't know it's special when you can look back and be like okay I prayed for this and almost I don't know because you're right like at the end of the day like God is in control and like his plans are his plans but also like you when you pray for something you are I mean physically in communion and in space with the Lord and so when he Mm -hmm. like when that happens of course it's like feels it's special because it's like Mm -hmm. you made this this declaration and then like it happens and I think that's really special and um feels affirming in a lot of ways and also I think like what you were saying about journaling my mom gets us like these little prayer journals that are like monthly so at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the month you fill it out and that's helpful because day to day like I am falling asleep like I cannot journal (laughs) every day like I can say my prayer and then I go to sleep but it's at the end of every month like when I go to fill out the next month I look back and I'm like oh my gosh it's crazy how much changes in a month because we're Mm -hmm. so busy like we live such hectic lives but also it's like, yeah, like a lot of like things get answered, but then also there's things that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that didn't get answered. Like, that's mm-hmm. not even what I want anymore. You know, yeah. like things change so quickly. And like, I feel like the Lord really reveals things when you ask for them. And so, I mean, doors close, like just like doors open. And, and mm-hmm. so I love that, that when you can look back and be like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even like, good thing I didn't get that. Cause that's not even like relevant to me anymore, you know? Yeah. I feel like it goes back to that. He gives us the desires of our heart and sometimes the desires of our heart, we don't even know them. And I think that through par- prayer that is revealed to us because only God knows the deepest parts of our heart. Like mm-hmm. we kind of know like a surface level of like what we want and like but I don't think we can access that full knowing and like that deep longing of our heart. Only he really knows that. And so I think through prayer That's and so good. Yeah. through time that is revealed and like that brings us closer to him and allows us to rely on him. There's this pastor, yeah. John Mark Comer. Love. Have you read? <laughs> yes. You've read some of his books. Yes. Um, yeah. You gave me some of his books in college. Yeah. And I've been a fan ever since. (laughs) I love him. He also has a podcast. He has a couple podcasts. One that I really love is called This Cultural Moment. Um, And I think he has like the best voice ever. I could like hear him talk forever. But he did a whole series about prayer that I, it was back in like 2017, but I'd listened to it when I was a camp counselor. And during that summer, just whenever 
you're kind of like discipling other people and like pouring into other people, you really want to like know what you believe and why. And like prayer is just part of that. And for me, I've always kind of struggled with like, what is the purpose of like praying? Like, like we're saying, it's like God's in control of everything. Like, why do I even need to pray? And through just like studying those messages and like the scriptures that he shares through that series, he talks about that, you know, like we're in this natural world and there's also the spiritual world. And in this natural yeah. world, we have these limitations and we have like physical time and space and that we just can't get beyond. But in like a spiritual realm, like that just doesn't even exist. And, you know, sin is in the world. And as like people who are made in the image of God. And like, when we have the Holy spirit, like we are able to, like you said, commune with God. And like, we get to take part in his creation and like, we get to store things like the land and like physical things we see. But he also talks about that, you know, there is as much as there's light with God, like there's also darkness in this world. And through prayer, like we're able to just like go to Jesus and he is, you know, our go between and like, he wants that relationship with us. And so that was really cool to see that, like, as people who are made in the image of God, like what we pray matters. And yeah, you might be like praying for a parking spot and it's like a completely (laughs) full lot. No one's leaving. It's like, we have these physical constraints and it's like, well, God could just make a car disappear or blah, blah, blah. And it's like all of these things that it's really like prayer is so much deeper than just like getting what we want from God. Like it's really a relationship, it's conversation. And I think part of that, like when we do share prayer with other people, it's saying that like, we trust you, God. And like, this is in your hands and we want this relationship with you. We want to talk to you and have these conversations with you. We want you to like be a part of our lives. When you're able to be really honest with the Lord and like, like you're right. You don't, you don't have to be honest with the Lord. Cause like the Lord knows, <laughs> but like when you are, it's almost like you see more of you can understand more of your story and like more of yourself because you kind of see how the Lord is working because you just feel like you're more in relationship, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what we're called to. Like, that's the, I think the best part of faith. I mean, salvation and relationship is like Mm -hmm. the point of the Christian faith. And um, so, yeah, I really like that. And I also really liked what you said about like, the Lord knows like the desires of our hearts even more than us. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's why I like will never be on like the manifestation train because I'm like, I do not think I know what's best for myself. Like genuinely, like I, and I know myself and I, you know, and I know I can get through the day, like day to day. But when I think about how much I change year to year and like how little I even understand about like the world and the universe like how could I ever think that I should be that I could be making all this happen for myself like I just can't believe that you know it just doesn't it doesn't track for me and I mean everyone has their own thing like totally but I just am like 
I don't think I'm in control and like I don't want to be in control because yeah. I literally sometimes I'm scared of the dark <laughs> like why would 100%. I want to like literally like be in control and like manifesting things in my own life like no way I'm sorry mm-hmm. like because I and I also feel like we know that we're sinful and broken so like why would I even think that what I want is even the best thing for me or for everyone you know Mm -hmm. I think that's so true like you pray because you know that the Lord is going to give you even like it's not even what you want it's just like literally what you need and like what your path is like the Lord is going to do that so Mm -hmm. it's not really about what you want or like what we want from day to day yeah so that reminds me of Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And I feel like, I mean, obviously the only one who can understand the heart, the only one who is like full of perfect wisdom is God. Like the person who, he's not a person, but the one who made us, like that's it. And when we, like you were saying, like when we are in control of our own quote unquote destinies and we're busy trying to like get what we want out of life and we aren't giving that to the the one who made us like we're not giving that to God um I think it just allows us to like indulge in the deceitfulness of our hearts like it's kind of like the surface level understanding that we just want what we want like I look at Paxton and he's like almost two and he just like wants whatever he wants and like has no shame in it like he literally hit me in the head so hard the other day and I was like Paxton you hurt me like why did you do that and he like looks at me and literally just hits me again and I'm like and I was just like what like this is just like children are wild and out (laughs) like and this is such a perfect picture of just like who we are at our core as humans like we just want to do what we want to do and like that's just who we're made to be is like as beautiful as we are in the eyes of God and like he still loves us and he sees us and he sees and he fully understands our hearts and he sees us for like how beautiful we are we still are broken people and like as human beings who are in this natural world who aren't in heaven yet who aren't in our new bodies and like with that reconciliation and like perfect peace like we are going to just like fight against flesh and blood on this earth and even Mm -hmm. our own flesh and blood and like the own Mm -hmm. deceitfulness of our heart and so I think when we pray I mean there's so many rhythms to prayer of like confession like confessing that we aren't perfect and then going into a time of like exalting God that like we are not perfect but like we know you are good and like you have brought us to you and like my desires to know you and your plans for my life, not my own. Because I think with the culture of manifestation and like new ageism, people have kind of placed themselves as the God of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not how we were made to be as humans. And I know everyone has their own faith and beliefs and like, I don't want to like be a Bible thumper, but like, I mean, I think it's loving and kind to tell people truth. And like, that is just not how we were made to live. Like, we're made to like go to the one who made us and loves us and like there's so much more beyond just this flesh and blood that we have here on earth like we're eternal beings and we're spiritual beings like we're all on a spiritual journey like 
from the second you're born to when you die, like you are on a spiritual journey and like the journey that we are made to be on is with Yahweh, like the creator of the universe and the one true God. But along the way, we can choose to like indulge in spiritual growth that is not what our hearts are made for and what our souls are made for ultimately. And so I think Mm -hmm. prayer is like a constant going back to the Lord and reconnecting with that and like growing spiritually in that and like studying his word with that and you're right it's it's like a constant reconnection in this world that is so dark that is not our home that is always going to feel we're always going to feel a little out of place like a little wrong Uh, like no no wonder like this we're all plagued with anxiety and worry and all these things because this just isn't it for us and so Like if we're not searching, purposefully finding ways to connect to the Lord and like be in the Lord's presence, of course, people like go and find other things like, because Mm -hmm. you have, you are, we are spiritual and like, we want to find things that make us feel better because like, this is not our home. And like, we know that, Mm -hmm. um, like we can feel that in our bodies. Like this is not where this is not right. You know, like, yeah, just watch the news for like two minutes. And you're like, this is not right. Like, this this is is not the way this is supposed to be. Like, there's no way in heck. So the system is broken. For sure. Something's gone wrong down here. Yeah. So I think that was really, yeah, that's really good. And I think we've talked about it before too. Like, I mean, we've talked about on this episode, praying with your people, but also just like praying for your people. Mm -hmm. I think is so important and gets like a bad rap because if you are like you know the whole thoughts and prayers like obviously like you're just saying that you're praying you're not doing anything like yes we that's not helpful and like we Mm -hmm. you need to like it can be like a cop-out but I Mm -hmm. do think that if you are genuinely like praying for the people that you love and like praying for I don't know your friends your family even people that you don't get along with it's I feel like that's literally like a salve to the soul, like to mm-hmm. put people on your prayer list and like pray for them continuously. Like yeah. you can't help but start to see them more like how their creator sees them, which is like, like you said, beautiful and and yeah. blameless and, and like created for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Prayer has like so many, there's so many reasons that we're, called to pray and so many reasons I think we're naturally pulled to prayer even people that aren't necessarily religious like people pray like our call out to whatever yeah. you know throughout history people mm-hmm. will do that because we are called to something and called to this idea that we're not alone and that mm-hmm. some you know something and someone is is on our side and is there for us and yeah because yeah I think it's too heavy to think like I'm this is all there is because I mean it's it's dark it's way too dark (laughs) and I've never I've never had a time period in my life where I considered myself an atheist or agnostic I do feel like I've always believed that Jesus is like our savior and he is real and like God exists and there is one true God, but there have been times in my life where I've had 
struggles and I've like felt almost like insignificant to God or like God can't hear me or he does he's not there and every time I've like had those really burdensome thoughts I've forced myself to pray even though it doesn't it's scary to pray sometimes for some reason and I I just feel like that's even like spiritual warfare going on but yeah and just to like pray and like there have been several times where like I just see like this supernatural change of my just mind and like where my thoughts were going one way and I took the time to pray and just feeling like truly I was just more relaxed afterwards and there's been so many studies even about that like where people who aren't even necessarily doing this research for Christian perspectives but they're just they know that prayer is a thing and they want to know like does it calm people and like the fact that the science does show that it calms people like because there's truth to it like God hears us and he sees us and he wants to have that relationship with us and there's something I mean even with your our friendships here on this earth like when we're struggling and we even text somebody or we call them and we don't feel as alone like I just have felt that so tangible in my own life with God where I'm like he is there and he is listening and he his spirit is present and it sounds literally crazy but like it's true and it's just been wild to like see that in my own life and so even when prayer feels really hard to even say the words like he does hear us and he knows what we mean and we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to say the perfect things he's there and he does listen and he hears us and he will be quick to just be a comfort to us I think yeah 100% so yeah. I have a question. So how did you, like, why did you start praying for your students? And like, what would you encourage fellow teachers? Like, I know teaching can just be literally such a terrifying place right now. And like, as we were talking about, like the thoughts and prayers, like we've just seen, I mean, there's been like over 190 mass shootings in our country, like in the year alone. And that's mm-hmm. really scary. And we've seen it like in our own communities or neighboring communities and a lot of the rhetoric around that is just to be like thoughts and prayers and I've seen people say like thoughts and prayers aren't working and it's been hard for me because like I think like you were saying like when we just have that empty like thoughts and prayers like but there's no action to it it isn't helpful but as as believers we like have to believe that when we actually do pray if we believe that we are praying to like the God of the universe and the one true God, like Yahweh, we have to believe that he is going to convict us and like lead us to action through our prayers. And so I feel like when people are like, prayers aren't working, it's like, are we praying? And so how do you like go about that in this climate and like how you pray for your students every day? Like, why did you start doing it? How have you seen that impact your life and just like your whole like mental health in the classroom and just all of that? Okay, I love that question. I teach in a public school. Um, so, you know, we don't talk about religion at school. We don't teach mm-hmm. religion. Um, it's not like kids pray and kids talk about God and stuff because, you know, they- It's part of their lives. Do. Yeah, and we don't shut it down or anything, but- because I feel like we don't, you know, it's not something that's part of our school day. 
Mm-hmm. I, it's something that's part of my life though, and part of who I am. And so that's why I like to pray over them, like before they come in. And I think too, because of how we, because of our climate, the the way that the America, the way that our country is right now, like it is very scary to be a teacher and um, go to school every day and feel kind of helpless. And so mm-hmm. I feel like kind of giving, giving all of what happens in our room, no matter what happens in our room to the Lord and just no matter what happens every day, like the Lord already knows. So Mm -hmm. the worst thing could happen to us. And like, it's the Lord knows, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that, I feel like you, I have to hold on to that because like the worst thing in the world could happen to us because it does Mm -hmm. happen a lot to children in this country and teachers in this country. And so it's like you either quit or you live in despair and fear, or you just have to, I think, put it in, put your faith in the Lord and then just pray over, pray over your room, pray over what you can control. And then like these, someone needs to educate these kids. Like these kids are coming for an education. Mm -hmm. They're coming to be loved by the people in the room like yeah and that's what I can control and so it's a it's a little bit of that of in this time feeling like a little terrified you know like a little scared to go into school Mm -hmm. and scared to feel like physically there's not that much you can do um but also a lot of it is like putting my heart in the right place because I do have a hard time, especially like at this point in the year, they are so close to leaving us and I look at them and they're so little now and they have like this whole life that they're going to live. And I have like one year with them to, you know, make them feel like they can do anything and that they have the whole, the, the world is their oyster, you know, when you're five and yeah. so it's hard. Like, it's hard for them to go now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm crying. No, I'm literally crying. I'm thinking about the live photo you sent me of her chewing her sleeve. Yeah. They're on the peace side. <laughs> they have their own yeah. lives. They go on and like, we don't have any, you know, um, really like we don't have any control after that. So to just give that to the Lord and like, he, and he has them and he will take better care of them than I could ever take care of them and so Mm -hmm. to just I think that's part of it it's like these are not my kids at the end of the Mm -hmm. day they're not even their parents kids like they're the lords and like they exist in the hands of the lord and like the lord they will never be outside of his grace and his realm no matter what they do in their lives Mm -hmm. um and so that's like comforting because it is so sad when I'm like, why did they grow up? Like, why can't they just yeah. be so little and sit with us forever? But, but yeah, that's, that's part of it. And I'm sure like, I mean, it, it has to be different, but like the way that you pray for your actual children, like has to be, feel similar. Yeah. I, I do just think of them even learning to drive one day and 
like I barely want to let them out of my sight now like I am so like choosy about who I let watch them who I let play with them and I just cannot let go of them and obviously they're two months old and two years old and yeah. so I, I shouldn't you know I, it's my job to watch them but I just like can't even think of that day that they do like drive off by themselves and like knowing just like how many horrible stories I've heard of like like people in my hometown dying in a car accident at 18 and like I have literally no control over that like you have to let mm-hmm. them go and you have to know that ultimately yeah like they are children of God and like he does love them and he cares for them and we aren't made to be people of fear and like we're supposed to cast those anxieties on him because he's the one who cares for us and being anxious doesn't add a single second to our days and it really just robs us of our time here on earth and so instead of being anxious we're supposed to turn that anxiety and that fear into prayer and every time I like have that really scary moment of like oh my gosh like we can't even go to an outlet mall we can't even go to a church we can't go to a movie I can't send them to school and I just kind of spiral and I'm like we just need to literally stay in our house like you know and and I even think like what if like a camper were to bring something here to camp and do something really bad and like I just literally spiral and I'm like in that moment I just need to stop and pray and know that these thoughts the only thing that I can think of these thoughts would give me is like the ability to prepare for worst case scenario. And there is like practical things we can do to prepare in crisis. Like, you know, wear a life jacket when you go swimming, if you don't know how to swim, you know, like obviously we are given these tools in the world to be cautious and to be wise. And we have that freedom to make those, those decisions to keep our families and ourselves safe and to act in wise ways and not like foolish ways. But ultimately prayer is just like what we have to lean on because like you know like you get one year with your kids and like I only get 18 years and like it feels like oh my gosh 18 is so much more than one year but like I mean if I'm listening to the random moms at the grocery store who stop me and tell me it goes by so fast like I have to believe like it goes by so fast and like that time when those 18 years that you get with them at home is like I read somewhere that that's like 90 percent of the time you will ever spend with them so basically once your kids are out the door like you will never get that time that good quality time with them that you had those 18 years or however long that they live with you and it's just so true and I just want to like take every moment and like cherish it and I think in my mind I really only know the best way to cherish it is to like be prayerful and like to Mm -hmm. give that to the future to God because I cannot Mm -hmm. control the future like I am human like yes I am a mom but like I'm not a superhuman you know and so (laughs) I am not God and so prayer is really the only way that that works and I think I could be more prayerful outside of just my anxieties and my fears and have those better routines of like praying even when I don't have my scary thoughts and I want to be better. I try to pray with them every night, like, even though Atlas, like, doesn't even know, but, like, yeah, I try to, like, sing little prayers with Paxi, and, like, sometimes when I leave the room, he's, like, humming to himself. 
I hope that's that, so sweet. I hope that yeah, kind of, kind think... of treats your little mind somehow. I, my dad was so good. Like, especially in high school, like I, you know, I'd be like, okay, good night guys. Like I'd go to bed at like any time and he would yeah. come in. And a lot of times, like <laughs> I would pretend to be asleep because I was like a brat, like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. not, you know, I'm like, not really like a physical touch. Like I'm not like, oh, a like I'd be like, I, yeah. yeah. And so I'd pretend to be asleep and he would always like pray over me. Like, and I just lay there and like Stop. listen to his prayers. Like, yeah. And that I'm like, that's like the best gift you can give your kids is like, just knowing that, that you're praying for them. And he, I mean, he would pray in the baseball stands when, da- when Drew was pitching, like, you know, even when we were like, I would go, I'd fly out and watch Drew pitch in college. And my dad yeah. would pray like, like, Lord help him. <laughs> Cause like, mm-hmm. there's so much stress. And I'm like, that's, that's praying without ceasing. Like, that's really what that is. It's like just putting yeah. everything but not allowing yourself to spiral basically like my dad would be like I'm nervous so I'm giving this to the Lord you know like I'm yeah, not I love gonna... that. yeah I just think that's so good so I think like even if like they're so little like I do think that stuff sticks with them because I know it sticks with them and my mom prays too like don't get me wrong but like I just think there's something so special about my dad like coming in I'd be like just literally pretending to be he probably knew I was faking like, like parents always know when you're faking yeah yeah and oh like gosh, I'm just pretending to be sleeping a brat yeah and then he just says a little prayer and so sweet like that's just so good yeah I love that that's so sweet and vulnerable for your dad to do that prayer is so vulnerable like we were saying and that's yeah. really I think the best gift that we can give the people in our life is the ability to be vulnerable and like show that side of us and I think that comes with like trust and like love and just being a safe I person be for people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I personally am not the most vulnerable. I'm like, I really am only vulnerable with people I uh, trust and <laughs> sorry if you don't make a list, but I should be Personally, better. I'm horrible at being vulnerable. Um, with, Like my family included, like I will... I'm never the one that's like saying the prayer at dinner, you know, like family dinner, like I'm not ever going to pray. And like, I always like when because sometimes they're like Jordan like want to pray and I'm like okay and I like always start with the little there's like a little rhyme that we would do as kids but I'm like if I just start off with that like that'll kind of like get the ball rolling and it like they always laugh at me because it's like what it's like God is great God is good now we thank him for our food and my mom's like you are 25 like you don't need to start the like the dinner prayer with that and I'm like I feel like I do like I feel like it kind of it sets the tone for this yeah um so in our family like I'm known for pulling that and doing like our scripted prayers but like you got to start somewhere you know you gotta yeah. kind of break the ice with the prayer uh, tell us how your prayer life has been um and how you find really good rhythms and the ways that you've enjoyed praying for others and ways that you've seen prayer impact your life because I think I love hearing those stories yeah I'd love to know guys and we'll see you next week bye